Okay, welcome everybody. Today is Tuesday, is Wednesday, sorry, 3rd of March, 2021. The, welcome to the 100 Pounders meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. And today I am delighted to welcome Maria F, who will be speaking from Dublin in Ireland. Maria has been in OA since August 19, the 19th, 2011, and has had a considerable weight loss. So Maria, I will let you take it away. Thanks so much, Felicia. And thanks for giving me the opportunity today and um, to be here and for everybody who's in service today. Um, to Carol and to Lee and to Susan, thanks so much because um, you make this happen. Um, and to the newcomers, you know, anyone who's new here today, welcome. And as we say in OA, welcome and welcome home. Um, yeah, my name is Maria F, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I came into OA, as Rita said, in August the 19th, um, 2011. And, you know, I don't remember many dates of events in my life. You know, my kids being born, the date I got married, and, and OA, the day I came in, is absolutely up there with one of those dates. Um, I'm one of five children. I grew up in, in I Ireland. Speaker, can you um, get closer to the mic? We're not able to hear you. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Um, yes, I lost my train of thought there. Um, yeah, I came into OA in 2011. I grew up in Ireland in a, in a um, very Catholic home, uh, one of five children. Grew up in an alcoholic home. And, um, and I thought that was the reason that I'm a compulsive overeater. And I went to Al-Anon for probably 11 years before I came into OA. And uh, I thought that I'd be able to work the food in Al-Anon. You know, I thought, you know, I work step one. I'll keep on saying step one. Why is it not working? And it didn't work. Of course, it wasn't going to work because the credits don't transfer. Yes, it worked for me in other areas, but it didn't, it didn't work for me when it came to food. Um, and, you know, my first phone call to OA was when I was 19 years of age. I was bulimic at the time and um, yeah, I rang the helpline and somebody spoke to me and I thought, yeah, that sounds great, but I'm not going to do what you're doing. You know, she, I asked her, you know, well, can you have desserts and can you have chocolate? She said, well, I don't have it today. And I thought, well, I'm not, there's no way I'm doing that. So I thought, well, that's enough of that. And it took me 27 years before I actually came in um, and put my bum on, on a seat in the room. Uh, and, and in that space of time, I had tried everything. I tried the Atkins, the cabbage diets, the pay and ways, the walking the roads until I had chin splints, absolutely everything to try and control and manage the food. And things would work for a while until they didn't. Um, and my weight would fluctuate from, I was over 200 pounds to under 100 pounds. So I was a binger and a restrictor. And you wouldn't know how you'd find me. You know, you wouldn't know from one month to the next what size I was going to be. I didn't know. So other people didn't know. Um, and I had different size clothes in the wardrobe, you know, one that I, I'd buy clothes that didn't fit me, thinking, you know, I'll get into them one day. Um, and towards the end of my eating, and I love clothes and, and I loved um, getting dressed. But <laughs> towards the end of my eating, I was down to one pair of black trousers that fit me. Um, and came in absolutely beaten by the disease. I was in trouble everywhere. The big book on page 52, it talks about, I'm just going to read them, the bedevilments. And it, talk, it says, um, I could tick to every single one of them. You know, where we were having trouble with personal relationships, tick. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness and we were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be a real help to other people. 
was not a basic solution of these developments more important than whether we could see newsreels of lunar flight. Of course it was. Yeah, I could take every one of them. Having trouble in relations. Um, you know, the night before I came in, my parents-in-law had come over for dinner and I'd eaten all day. So I didn't really want them there for dinner. You know, they were in my way. They were getting in the way of my eating. And uh, I was like an absolute tyrant when they were there and quite rude to my mother-in-law. And I remember my husband at the end of the evening said, Maria, I just can't put up with much more of this. Your behavior is just impossible. And, and I really thought the problem was him. I thought like, what's he talking about? Um, I could not see the problem. I could not see the problem in my behavior. Yes, I knew as I was a compulsive overeater, um, but I couldn't see that I was harming other people. Um, and I came in on the Monday night to a meeting in Blackrock and away at the time in Ireland was really, really small. There were a handful of meetings, a handful of members. Um, and on that night, there were five people in the room. And when they spoke, I knew they had peace and serenity around food. And they laughed and they were happy and they were free. And I wanted that. I absolutely wanted that um, because I was beaten. And, um, and I found a sponsor on the first night when I came in and I was given a food plan. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to follow that. Um, I didn't know. You know, I thought, OK, well, it has to be. It can't be any worse than what I'm doing. It couldn't be worse. Um, and I remember as a kid, you know, I'm probably going to go up and down with my story, but I'm just trusting my higher power that I'll go wherever God wants me to go. Um, yeah, I remember going to birthday parties as a kid, you know, and I remember um, the other children would be out in the garden and they'd be playing and they'd be doing other things. And I was the last one at the table, you know, minding the food. And, and you know, uh, it was more important to me than people were. It meant more to me than other people. Uh, did it meant more to me than going out to the garden to play with the other kids um, I was just waiting the birthday cake to come out you know and when was it going to come and were they going to notice how much I was going to have and was I going to be able to have more and um, that was what was that was to the forefront of my mind um, and you know <laughs> I remember my, my dad saying to me you know uh, Maria you were always hungry as a baby you just, it was really hard to feed you. Um, and the real problem with the food started at about seven or eight, um, where I just felt hungry all the time. That's the only way I can describe it. I was always hungry. After a full dinner, I was hungry. After stuffing my face with food, I was hungry because I had this emotional hunger, this, you know, loneliness inside and this, what we know now, or I know now to be a spiritual malady, um, irritable, restless and discontent, you know, um, and my life absolutely unmanageable by me. And I ate for the ease and comfort that food gave me and nothing else worked like food did. It worked, it absolutely worked. And it gave me that ease and comfort. Um, I didn't know then that I had a phenomenal craving that once I had any of my alcoholic food at all, it's like letting a greyhound out of a trap. It's not gonna stop, you know, it's gonna keep on going until it gets the, the, the prize. And that's the way I was with food. Um, and I couldn't stop. I could not stop eating. I wanted to stop. I did not want to eat the way I was eating or be the size that I was, you know. And the fluctuation in weight would bring me to where I wouldn't be able to get up the stairs. I couldn't cycle a bike, you know. I, when I walked, I'd get a rash between my legs to under eating where my bones would stick out. That's where the disease, disease brought me. Um, 
you know, and, and, and Dr. Silkworth will, describes it as the mental torture. And it's mental torture. This disease is mental torture. And, um, and you know, I had to, in a Catholic home, you know, I had to, uh, a faith in God. I had a faith in a higher power, but I had no relationship with that higher power. It was the Santa Claus God where, you know, give me this and give me that, or you do this and I'll do that. Um, and I was on my knees when things weren't going well. You know, I'd be on my knees in the church, you know, lighting candles. Um, and when it was okay, I didn't need you, God. You know, I don't need you now. Um, and that's how I operated. Um, and uh, always feeling as well as a child, you know, different. I just felt different, like I didn't quite fit in. And if I could just find this thing that was wrong with me, then I'd be okay. Um, and, you know, it took me a long time to get my head around the statement that I heard in a way, but I absolutely um, understand it and take it as being my truth today. You know, food wasn't my problem. It was a solution to my problem, but it wasn't my problem. It's not my problem. You know, my problem is me. My problem is my thinking. You know, uh, Bill tells us, you know, the main problem of the alcoholic center is in their mind. My problem was in my mind, my attitude, how I saw things. Um, and it's my problem today. It's still my problem today. You know, I have a reprieve. I'm not cured of this disease. What I have is a daily reprieve um, based on my fit spiritual condition, based on what I do every day. Um, and, uh, and some people will say to me, no, God, Marie, you know, you got abstinence straight away when you came in. I was 27 years back out there from when my first phone call. So <laughs> I consider that a long time. Of, of back out in the disease, trying and trying and trying. So, um, yeah, when I came in, as I said, on the first week, I wasn't sure what way this was going to go. And I remember calling my sponsor the next day and saying, you know, this is the food plan. Is this what I'm to do? What am I to do? And I was told what to do. Um, and I, I, I was brought through the steps as outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't know any other way. That's how I was brought through the steps. That's how I sponsored today. And, um, and told, you know, you go to X, Y, three meetings a week. And um, I, it was a Monday night when I came in. And the following Sunday, I remember being in, we, we'd sold our house and I was back in the old house. And I just remember being in the bathroom and I remember something was going on and I didn't know what it was. I hadn't binged in a week and that hadn't happened. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe one week in Lent years ago or something, you know, that would have happened but it certainly hadn't happened in a long time. And I knew it wasn't me. I just knew something inside me, just knew it wasn't me. It was something other than me, what I know today to be my higher power. Um, so I signed up, well, you know, I absolutely signed up to this program. Um, I'm willing to go to any lengths. Yeah, I absolutely was. And things have changed along the way as, you know, as regards my abstinence even, and, and I've had to put down, because the disease progresses in recovery. I didn't understand that, you know, it's progressing as I'm recovering and, 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 you know, the man at 30 in the big book, Bill gives us a story that proves that, you know, that he didn't drink for 25 years, yet he ends up back um, where he was, where he left off at 30. Um, so I know if I was to pick up food tomorrow, it wouldn't be from where I am today. It would be back, you know, nine and a half years ago. Um, yeah, and, and I found as well, well, I suppose, along the way that uh, the more recovered and um, the longer I'm in recovery, the more I have to do. 
um, to maintain that fit spiritual condition. And I do it gratefully today. I do it with absolute gratitude. Um, and some people think, you know, where did you get the time or how do you do that? How do you have a job, have kids, you know, work a program? And, you know, Mahara Power uh, provides the time. You know, the time is provided and, 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 and the stuff gets done and, and it's having, I can't, I can't have a job without this program. I can't have a marriage without this program. I can't be a mom without this program. It comes into every aspect. You know, the big book tells me it's a design for living and it absolutely is a design for living. And, um, you know, nothing has changed much in, in those last nine and a half years in the sense of my, my, my marriage. I'm still in the same marriage. I still have the same children. I live in the same house. I drive pretty much the same type of car. Um, I work in the same job, but everything has changed. Absolutely everything. Um, you know, I have a happy home today and it wasn't a happy home back then. It really wasn't because I was damaging everybody around me. Um, and yeah, and have a good relationship with my husband today, a good relationship with my kids. We're not a little house in the prairie, you know, and um, we don't have the white picket fence, but it's not bad, you know, it is not bad. And for me, recovery comes first. It's the first thing I do in the morning when I get up and I put my, my feet out of the bed. It's the first thing I do. It's the last thing I do at night. I, I sign off on my step 11, you know, um, and it's that constant con conscious contact with God throughout the day. Um, and my higher power being my best friend today um, and relying on that higher power for absolutely everything. Um, and yeah, and I suppose I'll just talk a little bit about sponsoring, you know, where that brought me in the rooms as well. Um, it's a miracle, an absolute miracle to watch somebody else recover, to see the higher power working in somebody else's life and to see them have a spiritual awakening. There's nothing greater. Um, and, you know, I, I'll always say to, to sponsees, you know, I get so much more from sponsoring than I give. I get so, so much more back. Um, You know, and I bet you I'll come off the line thinking there's so much more I could have said <laughs> that um, I'll say, why didn't I say this and why didn't I say that? But I'm trusting that I've said everything that I need to say, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. So thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks so much, Maria. I'm just going to stop the recording now.